0: This is your host, Nisa Harris, and you are listening to Shomea Ve'ona Tehillim and Other Hebrew Texts Podcast, episode 138.
1: The following is the recitation of Psalm 126, aka Perik or Mizmor Kuf Chaf Vav. After the recitation, stay tuned to hear more about this Mizmor. one twenty six Shir Hamaot Bishuv Adonai Et Shivat Sion Hainu Keholmim as Yemale sechok Pinu Ulushonenu Rina As. Yomru Vagoyim higdil Adonai lasot im ela higdil Adonai lasot imanu hayinu Semehim shuva Adonai Vitenu Kafikim Ba Negev Hazorim Bedima Berina Yik Zoru Haloch Yelech Uvaho Nose Meshech Hazara Bo Yavo Verina No Se Alu Motav. Psalm one twenty
0: six is one of the more famous in the Shir Hamalot series that we are in as it is commonly recited before benching, a.k.a. grace after meals, on days that we don't recite Tachanun, for example, Shabbat and Yom Tov. FYI, this is as opposed to Al-Narot Bavel from Psalm 137 that gets recited before benching during the week. We aren't sure if this psalm is totally in the past or future tense, but the main theme of this short mizmor is that when Hashem returned the nation of Israel as a people reunited to Zion, then we were like dreamers. This could be talking about when we are redeemed at the time of Mashiach. However, most commentaries agree that this was written after the destruction of the first holy temple. In which case, the phrase, Hainu we were like dreamers, in the first Pasuk could be Nebuchadnezzar and his people tauntingly saying to the Jews, if you think you're going back to the land of Israel, you are dreaming. In a seemingly miraculous turn of events, actually, in less than two decades later than that statement, or whatever time period, it was Babel and not the Jewish people that were destroyed and the Jews that returned to their homeland. Rabbi Philip Moskowitz helped me understand some of the other commentaries on this phrase. Hayinu kecholmim, even Ezra explains, is talking about the miracles when Hashem returns the people to Israel back to Zion. Will be so crazy and miraculous, we're not even going to believe the miracles that happen, and they will be like a dream. The Radak explains that it's not that the geula, aka redemption, is the dream but rather the galut, the exile, is like a passing dream that we will forget quickly once we are redeemed. Rav Druk says it's not about redemption or exile. It's about how in the present we have been sleepwalking through life and get so caught up in the day-to-day minutia and the activities that we do, that we lost sight of the historic picture of the times we are living in, and how appreciative and blessed we should feel to be living in a time period where Hashem has returned our people to the land of Israel and given us sovereignty over so much of it. And while we yearn and hope for more, we should be appreciative that we are at least slowly along the ride for the process. All important perspectives, but I want to focus on what the Me'iri points out about this phrase. The Me'iri says, even in Galut, we never stop dreaming that redemption would come, and never stop believing that Hashem can create a miracle just like that. We come from a history that is ingrained in us, that miracles happen at the bleakest of times. We were slaves in Egypt, and Hashem saved us through obvious miracles. Or, less obvious, is the story of Yosef that is alluded to here, with a hint in the last word, alumatav, his sheaves of wheat. The word for sheaves appears One other time in Torah by Yosef in his dreams, where his bundle stood up and all the brothers bowed down to his sheaf. Rabbi Daniel Friedman points out that Yosef angered his brothers after telling them this dream and was exiled and was as far from that dream as you can be, on death row, a slave, a Hebrew, a nobody. And yet Hashem brought it about that he becomes the most powerful person in the whole world and the dream comes true. So it's a hint at the end The Ms. Moore started with Hayinu kechomim, we were dreaming. And the author is saying that we have seen this once before with the one with the sheaves, the guy, you know, who dreamt the dream that everyone said was ridiculous, just like the other nations of the world have aimed to denigrate and humiliate the Jews at one point. Like we had the doctrine of witness, which was an actual church doctrine with the goal of proving God turned his back on the Jewish people and rejected them. Yet once again, our history points us in the direction of hope, showing how it's possible that one day as we will then suddenly be filled with laughter and joy. And we saw with the turnaround of events of the story of the dreamer who was sent to the pit and was raised back up to the highest of honors. What is truly remarkable about the Jewish nation Is something which no other people in the world history seem to have ever been able to maintain and that is to have a continuity of identity with a shared hope of reuniting in our home for as long as we have. The hope of that dream lasting as long as it has as a fact in of itself is something remarkable and then to add the fact that We have succeeded in the way we have today, miraculously, with the reinstatement of Israel and having a place where we could all potentially gather as one people with a united goal. However, a big part of what Yosef had to learn was that as soon as you become arrogant, like Yosef was aware of how beautiful he was and was very self-involved, as soon as we think that it's because of something special about us— it's when we get further from accomplishing that dream. If you think of the first time Hashem starts to raise Yosef back up out of the pit of jail and death, row, it's when his words are not about himself. When he says, As though to say, it is not me who interpreted the dream, who's the interpreter of dreams. Rather, God is. In each Pesach that has to do with our return in this psalm, there is the repeating word. Hashem, that it's not without him that we will accomplish this. Harkening back to the previous Psalm of trusting in Hashem and not losing sight of that hope and trust. Pasuk 4 gives us this image of Hashem being able to bring forth water from the desert. And so there is that faith that so so too, he can bring forth a people scattered amongst the nation, but only he can. So where do we come in to this whole picture? The last two psukim don't mention Hashem's name. The fifth pasuk says, Hazorim bedima berina yiktoru. They who sow in tears shall reap with songs of joy. Perhaps simply alluding to, as my husband pointed out, that the strength of emotion is felt in contrast, meaning you don't take for granted and you appreciate that which you experience the lacking or hardship with. Or maybe it's just a reminder about the concept of Ein Yeush not to ever despair or lose hope, even when you are in the midst of tears. But I think the last word, his sheaves, brings it all together and helps me understand why this is one of the songs of ascents aimed at helping us come closer to Hashem. It's not just sheaves, it's his sheaves. The plower invested himself into this dream. He put his blood, sweat, and tears and hope into any potential outcome, not knowing what the results would be. Rabbi Jonathan Sachs, alava shalom, regarding marriage, said, For, mo- quote, for most of us, life is just, life just is a long journey into the unknown. Rarely do we know in advance what the next bend will bring. The only certainty we had was that we would be there for one another, and it was enough, more than enough. We knew, and surely that knowledge is what marriage means. That we would find strength in the unspoken presence of love, come what may. That made the hardest moments bearable. Looking back, you realize the power of that slender bond by which two people pledge themselves to one another, turning love into loyalty and a source of new life. The plower considered whatever the result would be as his, and although he didn't know what would be around the bend, He loyally tended to his field and trusted in his covenantal relationship with Hashem, and he was fully invested in the whole process, come what may. This highlights the underlying secret to the success of the Jewish people. We are invested in our covenantal bond, our agreement to accept being the chosen people, and to plant the seeds, the message of Hashem, of peace and unity, etc., come what may. If this is a concept that is hard for you to relate to, of dedicating ourselves blindly to the other and or to our covenantal community, then this more, this mismore highlights our need to work on our trust and hope, and figure out how we can better do that in order to reap the benefits we desire. May we all be able to find or continue to have hope and trust in that which leads us ultimately to rejoice The learning and recitation for this week's episode is in honor of my and my husband's upcoming birthdays this week. May we see that the fruits of all of our efforts, endeavors, and missions lead to satisfaction, success, and rejoicing. Ad maya shana v'briyut.